0: Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink, and shop new styles. If you can't make it to a store, well, just go to tacovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S dot com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to The Fifth Thing. I'm Amy. And I'm Kat. And our quote today is from Henry Ford. Whether you think you can or whether you think you can't, you're right. Boom. Boom, because we're going to talk about the power of our minds, our thinking, and whether or not we think we can or we think mm-hmm. we can't, but we shouldn't think that we can't because we're trying to think that we can. Mm-hmm. I am. I think I can. What I if think it's I like can.
1: actually impossible?
0: Like what do you mean? Flying? Oh, but it's not. It's, oh, you mean but, if I think I can Oh, okay. <laughs> I thought you were <laughs> thinking positively, you know, like with my arms, like spreading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. I get what you're saying. Within reason that's not within reason, correct? Okay, It's more so the narrative, the ongoing narrative that I am really working through. We talked about this at the live is this limiting belief that I'm not smart. And I've put a lot of work into it. I'm working on it, but it still pops up into my head when I'm thinking certain things or I'm not capable or, you know, whatever. So, I am choosing to believe that I can. And there's this story that I heard recently. And I've been trying to Google if the person's real, if this story is real. But I guess it really doesn't matter if it's real because the story is still going to share what I'm trying to say Mm -hmm. about the power of our minds and what we think of ourselves. So... It was Trevor Moad, I think is how you say his name. That's who I first heard the story. And then I Googled it to pull it up and read it as I was trying to find the man's name. And I have no idea who he is or if he's real. If anybody knows him.
1: (laughs) What if he's listening?
0: Uh, Send us a note, four things with Amy Brown at gmail.com. I don't know. Maybe he's passed away. How old is the SAT? I mean, I guess I've never
1: thought about that. I thought it's just been around since school has been around. Mm Mm-mm. When did they start making people take SATs and ACTs to get into school?
0: Okay, so in 1926, the SAT is administered to high school students for the first time. Wow, 1926. I don't know. I think it just depends on where you're from because some people only take the ACT. Some people take only the SAT. I, for whatever reason, took both. You're so lucky. Actually not because I got scores that were not very... Okay, here's the thing. When I think, Were you about to say they weren't very good? Well, to me, I thought I could get higher, especially because I took those prep courses. And I took the SAT three times. I was down, and then I went up the second time, and then down the third time. Third time was my lowest score. You'd think by the third time I have it figured mm-hmm. out. Third time's a charm. Well, I wanted to go to Texas A&M. That's the only school I applied to. And then I didn't get in. Because so, of your score? Well, because of... My GPA, apparently my, maybe. I'm sorry, you're
1: like naming all (laughs) these things because of my personality, my grades. My
0: essay, (laughs) my extracurricular activities. I'm sure, you know, they look at it all, but I, for some reason, just thought, well, that's where I'm going to go, so it's the only place I'm going to apply. And people from my school, it was very diverse, but a lot of people in my friend group, they were going out of state. They were some Ivy, Ivy League. Wow! It was just some of them that was very expected. Like that's what their families would want them to do for sure. Meanwhile, it, my parents didn't ask to see my report card ever. So I just had a very different. <laughs>
1: like, oh, you want to go to college?
0: Upbringing. Never. I know. I, I mean, my sister went to Texas A&M. So I think I just, that made sense that that's yeah. where I would go. And my dad went to college, but my mom did not. But anyway, I did not get in. And then suddenly I had this, <gasps> But all my friends, they got into the schools they wanted to go to. So I had to go to a junior college for my freshman year, which was Blinn. It was the feeder school into Texas A&M. So I went and lived in College Station and almost acted as if I went to Texas A&M. But I didn't. I went to Blinn. And I got a 3.9 and got into Texas A&M the next year. I am wondering, though, if it was me acting as if... I go to AM. I'm here in college station. I'm living this life as if I'm an AM student. I pretty much would let it just be assumed I went to Texas AM and then I got real bummed if someone asked me specifically and then I would have to tell them. But there is no shame in that. Like if people go to junior college, there's nothing wrong with that. This yeah. was my 18-year-old brain.
1: Well, it's probably I mean, I get that because you said all your friends kind of were doing the trajectory of what they, they applied to the school that they wanted to go to and then oh, they, they went.
0: They applied to multiple and then they had choices. Well, that's what I was going to say.
1: It, that's interesting that you applied to just one. You're like, really? That's good that you're really confident about this one choice. That's not so bad, but, you know, one school.
0: Well, I don't think it was about confidence. I think it <laughs> you're was like that I don't
1: want to do more than one application. I,
0: yeah, I think it's that I didn't know what I wanted to do and that's where my sister went. So that's what made sense. So because
1: of the way you said your parents like weren't that, interested in even your report cards you didn't go on like college visits to like look at schools to see where you that wasn't a thing no okay did you only had yeah I only went to a couple because I for some reason like didn't care that much but I went to I went and looked at Auburn I went to look looked at Alabama the school I went to is Southern Miss I went there a million times because my sister played soccer there so we went and looked at schools and talked to the professors and did that kind of stuff
0: oh yeah no I had none of that but it's fine yeah I went and did my thing Blend, but I had the potential. There I'm thinking back on it now. And it's like, look at what I was able to do. Yeah. And then I got into AM and just went back to my old ways. I didn't keep on that path, which I wonder if I would have. What was your major would in college? Happened? Well, I started off as political science and I hated it. I don't know wait, why. Wait. I I don't know. I didn't want to be a politician. I maybe wanted to work. In government, somehow. So, isn't that? I think that's so
1: crazy. And I think that there should be a movement that there should be, and I think other countries do this gap years between high school and college because we go to college and people are like, what do you want your major to be? And you're like, "Eh, political science. I picked nursing. I would be the worst nurse in the entire world, but I didn't know. Like, I didn't know that I had options. And I thought, well, if I was a business major, I had to be a, businesswoman and work in this big office and if I did that, like if I was a marketing major the only thing I would be doing is making ads for something. I didn't understand the career options embedded in all of the majors. So, wait you changed though, I'm assuming.
0: Yes. So freshman year was at Blend. So my sophomore year at a Poli-Sci but I was taking sort of the basics and then I went into some, by my junior year I was taking more of the specific Poli-Sci classes and thought, this is horrible. So I went to my advisor and I said, I would still like to graduate with all my friends next year, senior year, but I have got to change my major. Your junior year, you change your major? Yes. And she said, okay, well, here's the deal. You can switch to agricultural development, which we called ag development at AM. and It's an ag school. They had a business school. And that was the legit business, but this was more like ag business. So my economics class... That I eventually had to end up taking was about you know the supply and demand of corn, <laughs> and I took things like turf management <laughs> with an entomology. What is that? The study of bugs or insects. But my and my professor would teach the class sometimes with hissing roaches all over him. What? And one time we had a potluck and he brought us termite pizza and other. No, things. we didn't. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. And he said bugs are in all the food we're eating anyways. So stop. I don't even want to think about that. Okay.
1: Wait, so what was your major?
0: Ag development. Okay. But the reason why she said that, and it ended up taking me four and a half years to get out, which was normal. A lot of my friends were doing that too anyway, so I was fine with that. But I had to have an emphasis. If you're ag development, you don't have to have a minor, but you have to have an emphasis in something, which is a 12-hour chunk of classes. And so all my poli-sci stuff... Voila, 12 hours, scooted on over. So technically I have an ag development degree with an emphasis in poli-sci. <laughs> Interesting. And mm-hmm. has that prepared
1: you for Nothing. the career that you're in? <laughs> no.
0: Okay, back to the story <laughs> that I wanted to tell. So I'm just going to read it as is. So Trevor Moad, he relayed this story that his father told him about one of the most successful magazine entrepreneurs in the world. World. Now where this successful magazine entrepreneur is and why we don't know his name, I'm not sure.
1: Well, he could be like dead because if the SAT has been around since 1920s, I was thinking he was like a 40-year-old, but he could be
0: like 85 years old. This is older. Mm -hmm. So the man was failing out of high school and struggled growing up. He was raised by a single mom in the Midwest. He promised his mother he'd take the SAT test. He didn't expect to get a good score. His score came back. He got a 1480 out of 1600 on the SAT. His mother, knowing her kid, asks, did you cheat? He swore to her that he didn't cheat. In his senior year, he realizes he's smart and he decides to attend classes. He stops hanging out with his old crowd. The teachers and kids seem to notice they start treating him differently. He graduates, attends community college, goes on to Wichita State, and then eventually to an Ivy League. He goes on to become a successful magazine entrepreneur. You think he's smart. He just needed the standardized test to unlock his potential. Well, no, this isn't the story. What comes next is the important part. 12 years later, the man gets a letter in the mail from Princeton, New Jersey. He doesn't really think anything about it. The next day, his wife asks him if he's gonna open the letter. He opens it. It turns out that the SAT board periodically reviews their test-taking procedures and policies. He was one of 13 people sent the wrong SAT score. His actual score was 740. (laughs) People say his whole life changed when he got the 1480. What really happened is his behavior changed. He started acting like a person with a 1480 and started doing what someone with a score like that does. Trevor says language, this is back to what Trevor Moad was saying. He says language is powerful, but your behavior is way ahead of your success. The lesson is, in addition to language, how you feel about the past shouldn't determine who you are in the future. The keys are language and behavior. And when I think about how I get stuck in the past, I need to see myself in the future as Mm -hmm. a capable, smart, successful person. And that's what I was doing yesterday when I did the longest meditation I've ever done. It was 35 minutes. And I started crying. I don't know. Maybe when I was releasing my old self or really working on that, I'm not sure. Do you remember like the emotion
1: that you were feeling?
0: It's just tears came to the top and then like two little tears, one on each side streamed down. But I was keeping my eyes closed and my palms open (laughs) like I was in my little meditation seat. It was guided. So at one point, it's almost as if I was picturing myself hovering above myself. And then I was picturing younger me and sort of letting go of her. And me now hovering over me sitting there meditating and waving at younger me. Like, it's okay. You can go now. (laughs) I don't know. I'm done with you. (laughs) No. I mean, I know she's an important part of me, but the parts of her that lie to me.
1: You can go now. Like the voice that says, I'm not smart. The voice that has all those beliefs that really aren't true. Right. That's what you're saying.
0: Goodbye. Yeah. Letting go. And so I think that maybe there was an emotional release of, okay, we're doing this. And it, it, it is one of those things you have to keep doing it over and over until you don't have to do it anymore. And maybe it's something I have, I'm going to have to keep doing for I don't know how long. What's the meditation you do? Is that through an app or? I just find different ones on YouTube. This one okay. was from Joe Dispenza. And someone compiled, I think, some of his meditations and created this 35-minute one of him speaking with the music or guiding you through it. But there's a warning at the beginning of it that says, Do not drive or operate heavy equipment within an hour. (laughs) Did you abide by that? Yeah. Okay. I did it in the morning. And then I made sure, and it was a Saturday morning. So I made sure. No driving. I didn't have to drive anywhere immediately. But I thought, okay. I was even shocked I could do it for 35 minutes.
1: Yeah.
0: Because this morning I did a meditation and it was nine.
1: (laughs) Does your mind, you mean like your mind floats? Like I don't, I wouldn't think I would be able to stay because I think in meditation, a lot of people have those interrupting thoughts
0: oh, while they're yeah. going on. Yes. And I've learned that's okay. Yeah. I used to think, well, I'm not good at this. I can't meditate. And to hear experts that meditate say, oh, no, that means you're, you're doing it. You're mm-hmm. doing it. Keep going. Acknowledge the thought. Release the thought. So I, you know, sometimes start planning my grocery list or oh, what What about these shoes? Or, oh, oh, shoot, I need to do this laundry or clean out here I really need to clean out my attic yes I have all these thoughts that pop into my head but I try to okay yes that is true I need to clean out my attic now release that thought
1: but that and that's not what you mean by I didn't think I could do it because I think some people might think that that like I won't be able to pay attention for that long so I'll not be able to do it but that's not really what it is yeah you don't have
0: to be in this I mean I'm sure hopefully one day I'll get to a state where those thoughts are less and less and less but right now they're bing, 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 bing. <laughs> and would- I just go back to the present. So it's interesting because I'm working really hard on just being in the present and not being in the past, but also being in the future, being in the future of my brain, like acting as if I am already this smart, accomplished person, like I've already yeah. achieved things. So I'm in the now I'm happy and content with where I am because in the future I have done it. Which is like a crazy thing to think about. It ma- It's one of those things that makes my brain do like
1: cartwheels. Mm-hmm. When you said that like it's okay to act as if I've done it already because in the future I'm going to do that. So I don't have to have that, you know, if you're thinking about going to school or getting this job or being in this relationship, you don't have to wait until you have those like letters after your name to actually believe that you will one day have those letters after
0: and, your, yeah. your name. And, and feel the the fullness. The, yeah. The content. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. like it i mean listen i'm still working through it i'm still learning it but it is very interesting and i get down these because it's youtube it always is brings up another video when you're done or over to the side there's suggested Mm -hmm. videos that are similar and this is how i spend my friday nights (laughs) (laughs) this (laughs) is what you and big p do (laughs) every
1: friday (laughs)
0: essential for women, 18 plus multivitamin every morning. I take them on an empty stomach, but sometimes if I forget, I may take them in the afternoon. It's really up to you when you want to take them. There's nine key nutrients in two delayed release capsules. And what the delay release capsules does for us is it optimizes our body's absorption of these nutrients. It's gentle on the empty stomach. Like I said, I can take it first thing in the morning and I'm totally fine. And with a minty essence in every bottle, it actually makes taking your vitamins enjoyable. No more shady business. Ritual is essential for women. 18 plus is a multivitamin that you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month at ritual.com slash four things. Start ritual or add essential for women 18 plus to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash four things for 25% off. Earlier, before we started recording, I said that Henry Ford quote, and you were like, oh, I love that. Mm -hmm. Why is that a quote that you love? Because it's
1: true. I think a lot of things in my life that I have gone through, whether they ended up being positive or they didn't happen, it started with that belief in myself. I mean, even think about dating. And you have an inside view of my dating life the past however many years. If you think a date's going to go bad or you think somebody's not going to like you, you're going to show up not as your full self or you're going to show up more insecure. You're going to show up and you're already putting that that out there. And you've, again, created that narrative and then you find evidence for it. And the same thing, if I go into, I wasn't a very good test taker, but if I go into a test being like, I'm going to fail this, I'm going to second guess every single answer on the test versus, you know what? I've studied. I am able to talk about this stuff. I reviewed my whatever note cards I'm going to pass this test, then you're going to go in and you're going to feel more confident about whatever you're doing. So I think when I read that, I don't know when it was years ago, I was like, this puts just very simple words to a very complicated, true phenomenon, in a sense. Also, I'll say I've also used a version of that with clients a lot when they're talking about wanting something, whether it is a relationship or a job or to learn a new skill. A lot of times I'll say. Well, if you don't think you can, you definitely won't. But if you think you can, you're giving yourself a shot. And everybody deserves to give themselves a shot at whatever it is that they want out of life. Because again, we can't predict 100% the future. And so I like that way of framing it. But it comes up all the time.
0: So there's a story while you were talking. I was trying to look for it because I heard this as well somewhere on YouTube. This is an article titled, What Bill Buckner Said 19 Days Before Game 6 of the 1986 World Series. Who's Bill Buckner? He is a major league baseball player. He either plays for the Boston Red Sox or the Mets. Because I think that's who was, if if my memory serves me correctly, that's who was in the World Series in 1986.
1: (laughs) Do you remember that one?
0: (laughs) I remember that one. This was what he said 19 days before the game. The dreams are that you're going to have a great series and win. The nightmares are that you're going to let the winning run score on a ground ball through your legs. Those things happen, you know. I think a lot of it is just fate. And so that's what he said. And then 19 days later, he's at the World Series, and they lose because of a ground ball that he missed. Through his legs? Yeah. <laughs> oh, my god. I, I don't know if it's exactly like through his legs, but... It says here, eventually Buckner was able to poke fun at his own mishap. In 2011, he appeared in an episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm where he redeems himself by catching a baby whose mother throws it from a burning building. Gosh. <laughs> he was able to catch the baby, but he said that it's just something everyone remembers about him. But it's crazy that he said it. And, you know, we've talked before on the podcast about our brain having a negative bias and... Mm-hmm negative thinking is going to take up more space than the positive. So trying to shift your language to have more positive words attached to it, even if you're saying something negative or that something can't happen or like instead of, no, you can't do that. Hey, we'll do that later. Mm-hmm. Or, hey, we're going to go do this right now instead. As an example, if this something how I'm trying to speak to my kids about things and whatnot, instead of telling them no, or you can't do that. So anyway, some of the negativity can stay inside of our head. But the minute we voice it, I don't know, I was reading that it gives it 10 times the power when it's spoken out loud, which is what he did about the ball.
1: When he probably visualized that happening.
0: Yeah. And it's crazy. So what we should visualize to stick with the baseball analogy is that we're going to catch the balls and we're going to win the World Series. And we're going to do great things. And I'm going to get a good SAT store. Because I'm now I want to retake it.
1: I would actually love you to go take the SAT and see what you would get now.
0: Maybe if I actually took it on with some help with my ADHD. Like if I yeah. took it with medication and then also did some breathing exercises before and did some...
1: You, you also should take a refresher class because they're going to ask you like things about like the different types of triangles. And I feel like stuff that like leaves our brain if we don't... Use it. Do you know Uh, what an isosceles triangle is?
0: mm -mm, Do you remember?
1: Something about the sides, (laughs) the lengths of the sides. There's isosceles, an obtuse, and
0: then... I knew obtuse. Now I'm looking it up. I don't know that I know how to spell isosceles. (laughs) (laughs) I like how honest you were about that. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Isosceles in geometry, an isosceles triangle is a triangle that has two sides of equal length. And then I guess the third side is shorter. Okay, like a- mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. Like a party hat. Yes. See, uh, I, would have, wow. I would have ways to remember that now. I would say, I am wearing a party hat.
1: I Isosceles. Isosceles.
0: <laughs> yes. Uh, <laughs> see, I feel like if I were to go back and take it now, I would have all these tools for myself, including, of course, before the test, I would do a long meditation- and see myself in the future.
1: <laughs> Wearing a party hat, celebrating your great score.
0: Exactly. I am capable of doing that. Well, so anyway, wherever you are in your day or whatever you have ahead of you, my encouragement, because this is what I'm going to be doing, is focusing on my future self and trying not to spend so much time in my past self. As a therapist, do you feel like that's what a lot of us do when we're showing up with all these things? Is it because we're just stuck in the past? Well, you're
1: stuck with the, the past narratives you have, I think. So I think that goes to what you were saying earlier As we grab onto the negative stuff more. So when we live in the past and we most of the time people coming to therapy that are doing that are living in the past with those negative experiences versus the, all of the wonderful things that happened in their past too.
0: Well, another thing about our past that I gathered from YouTube –
1: I don't know why I went to school and why I didn't just go to YouTube.
0: And this one actually had a nice little illustration that went with it or animated thing that showed like a brain and then like file folders. And our memories are not accurate. No. So when we're thinking back on something that happened... So there's the original when it happened, and then we remember it. We remember it that way, and then we file it away in our brain. The next time we pull up that memory, we remember it that way, and then something about it may alter, and then we remember it and file it away in our brain that way. And so so on so on, it continues to happen. So it gets distorted, mm-hmm. and we think that that is actually what happened.
1: Which is so crazy to think about, because... After I learned that, and it's interesting too, because when somebody dissociates or when somebody locks a trauma or something in their brain and they don't have access to it, when they do find access to it, it is the actual how it happened because they're not repeating the story and telling it and changing every time. But that makes me think when I learned that, I was like, so every single memory I have is not right. You know, like how do you- it can be
0: totally far away. Oh, off. yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: But it's like, how do I trust myself after that? But it's not, yeah, we're not changing like the huge parts of it. But sometimes we change like- Words we, if if you're in some kind of conflict with somebody, you can change the words they said, you can change the tone they said it in, they, you can change the order of how things happened, It's still usually the general idea, but it's not that photographic videotaped memory that we think we
0: have. Well, and if you think of how many different things you see during a day or experience, and there's a part in the night when you're sleeping that your brain decides what to keep and what to get rid of. Don't ask me which don't part. Don't you wish you could be just a
1: real awake part of conscious that decision? Yeah.
0: <laughs> like, yeah but I, your brain, like while you're sleeping, it's like flipping through its little file cabinets like, oh, get rid of that. Get rid of that. Oh, I'm holding on to this one. <laughs> and then you, that's when you wake up. That's what you, you have left with you mm-hmm. is what your brain decided to, to filter out. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, on YouTube, there's so many great neuroscientists that talk about this sort of thing. So definitely uh, lean into what they're saying, not what I'm saying
1: here. Do you have a favorite YouTuber?
0: Yeah, let me get his name. He's the guy that invented or was one of the original creators of the Quest Bar. No way. Do you know who I'm talking about? No, I didn't know he was a neuroscientist. He's not. Oh. He has <laughs> he has neuroscientists on. Oh. Or he has more than just that he has a lot of really thought leaders highly educated world-renowned game-changing type people on and his name is Tim Tom excuse me Tom Ballou yeah he's the co-founder of Quest Nutrition and he and his partners they sold Quest for one billion dollars what I think to smart foods or something like
1: that I remember when those were new and I would like order them from their website it was like such a treat for me because they were like four dollars a bar very special. Now oh did you them. ever
0: microwave them?
1: I did but I usually would eat them on the go but they were supposed to be like if you microwave them that'd be like a cookie or something right? like that.
0: I don't know I tried to never it. really tasted I,
1: like a cookie but.
0: I tried to eat one on the go the other day and I was like mm, this doesn't Does taste, it taste like insane? I remember it <laughs> um, and so I have other bars that I definitely like but that's there those are available like at gas stations yeah. if you're on end, I'm like oh okay I, I kind of remember liking this but I don't quite remember it like I used to. So I must have filed it away differently <laughs> than it's coming up. But hey, good for him. Like they, him and it's like him and three other guys. One of the guy's wives, she's the one that created it in her kitchen, like the Quest Bar. It's crazy. And then they just did it right. And he's someone that I think he got a 900 something on his SAT, Tom. And what I learned from him and one of his things is to, he just started to eliminate the story of you know, I'm not smart or I am smart because he didn't feel smart for a long time. But that he's a learner and he's a hard worker. So now he says, I'm a learner.
1: Instead of I'm smart.
0: Yeah. I mean, because he's like, people always assume I'm very smart. I say I'm a learner. And he's like that shifting that changed the game for him when it came to learning. Which I
1: really do like that because remember, (laughs) do you remember when you were talking to my dad and he was like, she's really, she doesn't have a lot of common sense, but she's, Smart and she's whatever, and she's our smart kid or whatever.
0: Yeah, it was really sweet. He was complimenting your work and your career and your how you are in school and talking about how he doesn't even know how you do it. It's so crazy. <laughs> and then when it comes to street smarts or whatever, like uh, <laughs> we, that's where you struggle.
1: But I I always go back to that because I'm not somebody who retains information. Well, I have to reread things. I have to go back and relearn things, like things that I do daily, I obviously can hold that because I'm doing it every day. but my brain when I'm asleep, it throws a lot of stuff away that I really would like to keep when it comes to like stuff like that especially with with work. but I like that idea that my brain just didn't figure things out easily but I am a learner. And so I'm able to go back and learn something as many times as I need to do it.
0: But I wonder if it's that, like even just hearing you say, my brain doesn't retain information. So therefore you're reiterating the story to your brain that it doesn't retain information. So it's not going to retain information. So it's like, you're right. We have to go do our job and not retain the information. Or how do we shift that? Because I'm with you. I say the same thing. But when you start to pay attention to this stuff, you realize how the things that you're saying become this... Self-fulfilling prophecy. prophecy. So I say, yeah, I. it's hard for me to take standardized tests. But how long has that been my narrative? And That's how long what, has it been my story? And is am I bad at taking those tests? Because I keep telling myself that I'm bad at taking those tests. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, but this you, goes
1: back to the question of, well, what if I'm telling myself that I can fly, but there's no way that I can actually fly with well, wings on my back right. that are attached to my actual
0: flesh? Okay, I'll give you that. But what if we just shift it and say, I am working on retaining information? Yeah, that's better. Right. So then you're not giving your brain that story over and over because it's something that just comes out because it's like what you've believed about yourself because it has shown up to be true. However, whether you can or whether you can't, you're right. Right. Henry Ford. (laughs) <laughs> End, scene. End scene. Okay. Well, hopefully this stuff made sense to your brains. Because uh, we're over here just two non-neuroscientists hashing it out. <laughs> but the the Tom guy, the Tom Blue guy, he's he's new to me. But his uh, YouTube channel, I think, has like 3 million subscribers Ooh. or something. So, you know, I'm sure other people are like, oh, yeah, duh. We know him. Tim Blue obviously how do you not know him oh and he's the founder of impact theory which is igniting human potential so that's what he's he's all about he's a very good interviewer very curious ask really great questions and now i'm want to go to his youtube to make sure i have the yeah wow you should look, get at what my, look at what my brain retained he has 3.46 million subscribers wow sort of what i yeah yeah you should get him on Four Things. I would be very intimidated to talk, talk to with him. him. So I, I was about to say, oh, I am not smart enough say. to have him <laughs> on. But then now here we are. Yeah, I, I should be like, wow, yeah, that would be amazing. Mm-hmm. I would be honored to have him on. Because I am capable of, of talking, to talking, him. talking to him. <laughs> I'd probably just let him talk. But. <laughs> All right. Hope y'all are having the day that you need to have. And until next time, I'll see you Thursday for Four Things, Saturday for Outweigh, and Kat, where can people find you? On Instagram
1: at cat.defada and at Therapy Podcast.
0: And I'm at Radio Amy. And then also you can hit up RadioAmy.com. All right. Bye. Bye. Awesome. summer, the best time of the year usually doesn't come with a great deal. Soaring temperatures come with soaring prices.